1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
2: On this episode, UFO sightings at drive in theaters. July 7th, 1977, Zhangpo County in Fujian, China. There were 3,000 people watching this movie. Suddenly, these two objects. They thought it was going to crash into them. They could hear them making a sort of buzzing noise. These were fiery yellow glowing objects. They could feel the heat coming from them, and it kind of just swooped down over the audience and buzzed them and took off, causing a complete panic.
0: If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive, commercial-free episodes per month. Plus, access to my back catalog of episodes. That's over 350 episodes. To subscribe, just go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Get access to premium episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today?
1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett.
0: Welcome to your Wednesday. Just imagine you're watching your favorite movie at the local drive-in theater when suddenly you see a strange flying object swoop down from above and hover right over the movie screen. The object's metallic, saucer-shaped with portholes and colored lights, and it's totally silent. It's a UFO. Cars start honking and flashing their lights. People exit their cars, pointing and screaming. Some drive away in terror. Then, the UFO starts to move around over the theater, putting on a show that's far more interesting than the movie itself. It may sound like science fiction, except it's true. UFO researcher Preston Dennett is here to document some of the cases in which UFOs have targeted drive-in theaters. In these cases, UFOs hover at very low levels for long periods of time and are observed by hundreds of witnesses. Often, there are strange electromagnetic effects. Sometimes, humanoids are seen. Preston Dennett... Welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, doing pretty good.
0: As I've said to you a number of times over the years, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed that there are enough cases to fill a book. Number two, I didn't realize that there were that many drive-in theaters left anymore. Tell me about how you were inspired initially to, to write a book about UFO sightings at drive-in theaters.
2: Uh, Yeah, I just kind of stumbled into it. Honestly, it shocked me. I've been in this field for decades and did not know that this was a thing. It definitely is. I got my first case pretty early on, actually. A lady at my office by the name of Claudia told me about this incredible setting at the Paramount Drive-In Theater. That's here in Southern California. And it was just this amazing case. She described how this giant—well, actually, she was— first thing she noticed was that people around her were running away screaming dropping their drinks and popcorn screeching out of the theater and she looks at her parents and they're just staring next to the screen the movie screen and there's this giant classic flying saucer metallic colored lights totally silent and just sitting there watching them (laughs) is what she thought and uh Just caused a total panic I thought wow you know this is a crazy case and thought it was unique I honestly did Uh, you know I've got a lot of UFO books there were none of these accounts like that in most of the books I found actually when I started doing research I found only one case in the books most come from UFO reporting centers and uh, newspaper articles and such but it was when I was writing UFOs over Colorado I found three cases in a row, and I started scratching my head. I'm like, oh, "Oh my God, is this a thing? Are UFOs targeting drive-in theaters? And I dug in, surveyed all the literature, and found 100 cases. Knocked my socks off. I couldn't believe it. So that's how it started.
0: And not surprisingly, a lot of the 100 cases that are documented in your new book are from the 1950s, 1960s, into the early 1970s, which is kind of the heyday of the drive-in theater, right?
2: Exactly. They were invented a decade or earlier. I mean, as early as the 1930s, people were watching outdoor movies, invented in the 1940s, and really took off as America's really number one favorite pastime. I mean, these were hugely popular. There were many, many thousands of driving theaters across the United States. Whole families could go for cheaply. You didn't have to dress up. You could bring the kids, the babies. They had all kinds of side features, petting zoos, balloon rides, prize giveaways, pre-shows. So, you know, swing sets for the kids. It was very popular for a long time. A lot of people were going to these places.
0: Right, and now because of COVID, they they may be making a comeback. We'll, we'll see, but uh, you mentioned the uh, the first story this was from the Paramount Drive-In was this the one from 1972
2: yes yes very strange case I found out you know later it's got some very interesting elements Uh, what kind of really mystified me is she doesn't remember how it ended neither does her mother they remember the sighting but actually forgot about it for years until they were listening to the radio in the kitchen And this guy comes on and starts talking about his UFO sighting and describes exactly what they saw. They kind of turn pale and look at each other like, oh my gosh, we were there. And uh, Claudia asks, you know, why didn't we talk about it? You know, what happened? And her mom's like, I have no idea. And it may seem like, hmm, kind of an interesting coincidence, but this turns up in a number of cases where people have amnesia or memory problems. Uh, which is typical of UFO sightings, but makes me wonder if there's a little bit more going on here than simple sightings,
0: right? Because much like your um, previous book about UFO sightings in schoolyards, uh, these tend to have you know obviously you have large numbers of people gathered in one place, so these are these would be qualif- uh, qualified as as mass sightings. Uh, you have a case in 1966 in Kansas hundreds of people see this ufo hover directly next to the uh i guess it's the south the Hutch or the south hutch drive-in um and and uh, tell me about this case because the the entire audience apparently begins to chase the object down the highway
2: <laughs> yeah a real dramatic case uh i actually talked to the witness uh firsthand his name is pat mitchell and it's really sort of the typical case of this kind. These are not normal sightings. These are very low-level sightings. They're not only coming down low, usually right over the screen. Uh, they stay for a while, and sometimes they put on displays. And for yeah, for like you said, large groups of people in the South Touch case, man, oh man. Pat went to the theater with his friend to the South Touch Theater in South Hutchinson, Kansas. As you said, summer of 1966, they were going to see a James Bond movie, And got there early. Got a good spot right in the center. And we're watching the movie. It was pretty exciting. Until suddenly, Pat's friend turns to him and says, Look at that. Do you see that? Of course, Pat did. Everyone in the theater saw something approaching from some distance away. But right above the screen. Right in sort of eye eye line. And this is what they always do. (laughs) And this thing came directly for the South Touch Theater. And actually parks, right next to it, below the level of the screen. Now this screen is, let's see, uh, 52 feet high, 120 feet wide. So this thing is less than 50 feet above the ground. And he says it's probably about 40 feet wide, shiny, typical flying saucer, colored lights, yellow, orange, blue, green. said it was really beautiful. Uh, Everyone just stared at it. People were getting out of their cars. And uh, no panic. Everyone was just kind of slack-jawed and in awe. This thing stays there for a good five minutes, moves directly behind the screen. He says, hmm, probably 10 feet behind the screen. It's out of view for just a second and moves to the left of the screen and goes slightly upward, uh, 100 feet or so, and stays there for another, you know, three to five minutes. Everyone's looking at this thing when suddenly, as if to sort of round up the audience or make sure everyone sees it, because I think really that's what they're doing here. They're showing themselves off. This goes all the way around the theater, makes a perfect circle around the entire theater and the parking lot and starts heading straight down the road right above the highway at about 20 miles per hour. So what happens? The movie is completely forgotten and everyone starts screeching out of this theater chasing after this thing a convoy of like 40 cars and Pat and his friend are in the middle of it and they chase this thing for six miles straight over the highway when it finally pulls off to the side goes up a little bit more and it sits there for another five minutes the road's completely blocked I mean this is like a scene out of Close Encounters and finally this thing just heads straight up and gone
0: Remarkable Remarkable uh, Was was Pat able to put you on to other witnesses?
2: Uh, no, unfortunately. Uh, he wasn't. He, there was a, It was the buzz of the town at the time. And he's lost touch with his friends since then.
0: Well, it's 55 uh, years ago, not surprisingly. Well, how did the local media cover it, if at all?
2: Very interesting you say that, because uh, some people said, oh, I'm going to the newspaper office. And uh, they did, and... Pat was waiting for an article to come out, anything, and there was nothing. So after like two days, he goes there himself. He had done some photography work and reports his sighting and asks, you know, about the other witnesses. And he said they just completely played dumb. Said they didn't know about the case and showed no interest. And that was when rumors started to spread that the military had showed up and sort of nixed the story. Obviously couldn't get any proof of that, but... That sort of thing does turn up in other cases.
0: What, what you mentioned a saucer shape, I believe you mentioned a saucer-shaped disc. Uh, what other types of of UFOs or uh, UEPs, U sorry UAPs, are people seeing at, at drive-ins? Are there any cigar-shaped or diamond-shaped craft?
2: Uh, Yeah, I would say you have a pretty good representation, but by and large, and this is kind of interesting, it's mostly your classic flying saucer, your metallic disc with a dome type of thing, which I find very interesting. There are a few cases of dirigible-shaped objects or, uh, you know, V-shaped objects, but most of them, no, are your classic flying saucer. And
0: uh, has anyone seen anyone or anything aboard, some sort of a humanoid?
2: Uh, Not often. You know, almost all of these are what I would call simple sightings, CE1s. There are a few CE2s where it does affect the environment. And uh, certainly there are some indications of possible missing time in some cases. Actually, you could classify all of these as CE5s because in effect... We are calling them down with these drive-in theaters.
0: Just explain the designation CE1, CE2, up to CE5. These are close encounters, types 1 through 5. Explain the the rating.
2: Right. This is the the J. Allen Hynek classification system for sightings. Uh, CE1 would be a simple sighting, and it moves off. A CE2 affects the environment in some way. CE3 or 4 is with humanoids or being taken on board. But a CE5 is a human-initiated encounter. And uh, technically, that's what I'm saying here, is that all of these are CE5s because we are drawing them in to these theaters. It's a great way to sort of call down a UFO. But there are very few humanoid cases in these no Like landings or anything like this. These are mostly just these things coming right down over the theater. But there are a few humanoid cases. And one really interesting one occurred in 1973. It's unsubstantiated. Now, this is sort of, I, I wasn't able to talk to the witnesses, and he's anonymous. But he did put a report out on the internet. 1973, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He was at a small theater. With his girlfriend when suddenly the announcer in the projection booth shouts out hey everyone look it's a ufo this is not a hoax a ufo is hovering over the theater and everyone jumps out of their cars or most people and look up at this thing and sure enough it's your classic disc again and it's circling around the theater as if showing itself off and the main witness who wrote this report says he could see portholes and through the portholes he could see What he described as, quote, humanoid figures. Uh, He couldn't tell whether these were you know, anything other than normal human looking or perhaps greys or what have you. Because it was just a silhouette. Uh, He tried to get his girlfriend to look. She was too terrified. And this thing just circled around lazily for a few minutes and started heading off. And he says at some point the military actually showed up, shut down the movie, and told everyone not to talk about it and cleared it out. Uh, again, uh, yeah unsubstantiated but there are you know sometimes these are hovering over the theaters and uh military jets show up and chase them away uh, i know our government knows about this for sure from the very beginning um
0: what what types of movies tend to attract ufos do we do we know? I mean, have you categorized them? Do they like science fiction? Do they like romance?
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I did look into that because um, I'm trying to figure out why they're coming down. If you look from above, down at an aerial view at a theater, it's got a very striking footprint. I mean, you could see these things from way high up. And I have to think these bright glowing screens with giant beams of light and all these cars are highly visible away from outer space. So I'm wondering, okay, are the ETs curious? Are they watching the movie? And I looked at the movies, there was a wide variety. It's pretty you know, acro- much across the board. The Outlaw Josie Wales was one, The Simpsons movie, <laughs> Jurassic Park, Last Tango in Paris, King Kong, The Exorcist. So really a lot of different movies. I didn't find any patterns there. Wondering, you know, are they watching the movie? I don't think so. Not in most cases, because they don't stay for the entire length of the movie, and they're moving around quite a bit. Sometimes behind the screen or directly above it, where they couldn't see it, or at least not an eye view. But there are a few cases where it does seem like they're watching the movie, and so that was one of my theories, and I'm discounting it as what's going on here. And don't think they're using the movies to study us either, but maybe they're studying our emotional reactions because they do seem to be interested in that. And certainly people are having a lot of emotion at these theaters.
0: More of my conversation with Preston Dennett when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. i use life change tea from get the tea every morning and it's made such a huge difference in my life buy a one-year supply of super strength life change tea and start feeling rejuvenated right now life change tea is not the same tea you buy in a store off the shelf Life Change Tea from Get The Tea has eight powerful herbs blended together to maximize your health. This tea is specially formulated to help cleanse your kidneys, liver, colon, and blood all at once. The colon is one of the most ignored organs in the human body. The faster that waste is eliminated from the body, the less time that waste sits in our intestines, spreading toxins to our bloodstream. The benefits of this product go way beyond what I've listed here. Do your research and start your day with a cool refresh refreshing 16-ounce glass of super-strength life-change tea. It's non-GMO, organic, caffeine-free, and again, not available in any store. Use the code UNLIMITED and all your orders ship for free. So go on, get your tea from getthetea.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to treat, cure, or diagnose any disease. If you have a medical concern, please contact your health care provider.
1: you're staring up at the night sky. Ever wonder who's staring back? No, me either. But I guess you better say it because of Richard. You know, he's all wrapped up in this stuff. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
0: The author of UFOs at the drive-in, Preston Dennett is here. Have any witnesses maybe thought at a certain point that the, the UFO was some sort of a prank, part of a promotion for the movie itself? Maybe there was a sighting during a a, a UFO-type movie, like uh, Close Encounters or, or something. Did they think it was part of the movie?
2: Uh, I did not find any indication of that. People are going like, wow, look at these effects. Is, is this 3D? Uh, no, there are, are some cases where witnesses have called authorities to report their sighting and were told oh what you saw was an advertising balloon Uh, which is really ridiculous because these cases have hundreds of witnesses typically and typically it's right over the screen. I'm talking 10 to 50 feet or right next to the screen or right next to the theater parking lot and they stay for a long time. I mean Here's a great example. This is when I started to realize what's going on here. This is a case from George Fawcett It occurred on May of 1963 at the Wellington Circle Twin in Medford, Massachusetts. These two kind of glowing discs swooped down and not over the theater or the screen, but right next to the lot. And uh, they were suddenly followed by two more, which scooted down and came underneath the original two, The first two scooted up a little bit. And then two more came, followed by another two. So now we have a total of eight UFOs, all discs, in two columns of four each. And this is when the show began. No one was watching the movie at this point. They were watching these discs. For the next 45 minutes, these things started rotating and putting on a sort of musical chairs display for a full 45 minutes and then finally just took off. This is when I realized, okay, they want to be seen. Maybe they know we're being entertained here, and they're like, okay, you want to show, watch this. But ultimately, it is what we know in the field as a UFO display. It's really overt, brazen behavior where they clearly want to be seen.
0: Do you have any examples where the UFO is interacting with the screen?
2: Uh, There are a few cases, uh, not so much interacting with the screen, but perhaps with the witnesses. I mean, there is one case, actually, now that you mention it, which took place in New York. Some kids were watching The Exorcist, and suddenly they noticed this dome of light around their car and light on the screen. This is, let's see, in Syracuse, New York, June of 1974. It was a midnight showing. And uh, they look up, and there's this huge disc right above over their car, and it's putting beams of light on the screen, uh, which is very strange. Uh, they, you know, There's n- no cases of ETs actually projecting a movie onto a screen, but this is probably the closest to that. And uh, scared the daylights out of them, and they ran away. A number of these cases do cause complete panic, where people don't even bother to remove those little uh, speakers that you had to hook to your door or your windshield and they just take off. But there are some cases where, and this is where I started to get really interested in this from uh, Colorado where, well, here's, here's a good case in Boulder, Colorado, July, 1976, classic dome saucer again, 200 feet over the theater. And it started flashing lights at the people And these lights were really bright, almost too bright to look at. And the cars reacted by honking and flashing their headlights back. So there was a sort of little conversation, if you will, between the audience members and this object. And at some point, the object just moved away. But but again, we have this weird sort of display behavior.
0: I'm I'm looking at a case here in Ohio, 1974, Ascot Park Drive-In and the UFO blacked out the movie. I don't know because it, it whether it was because the UFO was in front of the screen and it blacked it out or whether it had some effect on the projection, the projection uh, or the projector. Uh, right. But then it says it caused the entire audience to become hypnotically entranced. Tell me about the Ascot Park Drive-In Theater sighting in Ohio.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna call this my single favorite case and uh, talk to the witness this is a great case this is the only one i found that was actually in a ufo book um ryan sprague ufo researcher actually covered this and uh i I put out a call on social media and people started talking about this case i got a number of other cases that way firsthand never before published actually most of these have never been published really in book form i don't think people know about these cases the ascot park case is the ultimate case of this time kind august 1974 cuyahoga falls ohio scott santa is at the theater with his friend and uh, suddenly this giant triangular object comes from behind the screen right over it and it's massive it's wider than the screen itself it's bigger than the entire parking lot and very low he says he probably could have Hit it with a rock if you threw it at it. And as soon as it gets to the level of the screen, the screen goes black. Every light in the theater goes black. The snack stand goes out. It's completely pitch black. And not only that, uh, the air gets heavy. It's like hard to move, he says. Totally silent. His ears actually popped. He jumps out of the car with his friend. Everyone's kind of just, he said like zombified is the word he used, hypnotized and uh entranced and this thing just slowly moves overhead didn't seem to stop nothing other than that happened that he can remember but it gets weird because as soon as this thing leaves the premises as if a s- switch is flipped just vroom, the entire theater comes back on the movie the lights the snack stand and you'd think at this point everyone would be like oh my god we just saw a ufo And start talking about it and that's what usually happens in these cases but it didn't happen here in this instance they forgot everyone just started watching the movie they got back into their cars and that was it Uh, he remembers going to the bathroom afterwards waiting in line going to the snack stand they completely forgot it wasn't until some two years later that Scott's in the bookstore and sees this book. It's by Edward J. Ruppelt, who is in Project Blue Book, Unidentified Flying Objects. It's got the word UFO on it. And this is what I would call a cue. This is what wakes people up. It could be the cover of communion. You know, there's a bunch of cues that really work to bring back a UFO experience that's buried in amnesia. And that's what happened here. just flooded into his brain, shook him to his core. To this day, he wonders, you know, was there missing time? He doesn't know.
0: Any abductions?
2: Uh, if if so, it would be in a case like that one. There's no abduction cases that I could pinpoint for sure. Uh, but yeah, whenever I see missing time, that is a red flag. Uh, he has considered hypnosis but doesn't really want to do it. Uh, doesn't have access to any of the other witnesses because, again, this was some time ago and he had lost touch with his friend. Most of these cases are from single witnesses or a couple or a family. There are just a handful of cases, three or four maybe, where there are corroboration from multiple independent witnesses. Uh, and of the 100 cases in this book, you know, I'm guessing there's a lot more because of that. Because most people don't report it. They right. just don't. Right.
0: And, and these aren't limited to the United States. A pretty dramatic case in China in 1977 that actually uh, ended tragically.
2: Yes. Yeah. There are a few cases in Canada, mostly in the U.S., and I uh, did find some other cases. And I'm going to include this one from Zhangpo County in Fujian, China. It's not technically a drive-in. It's an outdoor theater. There were 3,000 people watching this movie. This is July 7th. 1977 and a well-confirmed case suddenly these two objects kind of uh these weren't your saucer shaped these were more cigar shaped come swooping down right over the audience very low they thought it was going to crash into them they could hear them making a sort of buzzing noise these were fiery yellow glowing objects They could feel the heat coming from them, and it kind of just swooped down over the audience and buzzed them and took off, causing a complete panic. Now, there's 3,000 people here, and people were just running in all directions, and more than 300 people were injured, some severely, and two children actually lost their lives being trampled. So, very tragic. And I'm wondering about this, because... If these things, these guys who was ever in these UFOs are hovering over these theaters and they're doing it over and over again, year after year, there's a weird timing to these cases, they got to know how people are going to react because there are a good number of cases where panic does occur and this is sort of the ultimate case of that. So sometimes, yeah, they scare the living daylights out of people and other times people are just in awe. I don't think they're trying to frighten people, honestly, but... I don't know. There are some cases where I, I think they got to see what's happening here.
0: Right. There have been incidents where the entire uh, crowd at a theater was uh, frightened and just and fled the scene. Th- these happened in the United States, right? Can you tell me about one of those?
2: Yeah. Here's a great case of that kind. June 15, 1975, Portland Twin Theater. T- Portland Twin, this is important. Scarborough, Maine. This object is slowly approaching the theater. It moves over the shopping center. People see it there, and then it comes right over the theater. And this is why I know they're targeting theaters because it didn't stop at the shopping center. It stops at the theater. It's only 50, maybe 75 feet high. It moves behind the screen, turns around and hovers 15 feet over it. Now, this is a full theater. Causes a complete panic. Cars are driving off with the speakers attached. Movies forgotten. It's forgotten in all these cases. Most people don't remember the movie. Uh, but uh, this yeah caused a complete panic and cleared that theater parking lot out until there was about ten cars brave enough to stay, including that of the witness. And after that, this object moves over to the next screen. This is a twin theater. And basically does the same darn thing and clears that one out. So perhaps this is, you know, the audience's fault and, you know, for being afraid, because it didn't do anything. It's not, as far as I can tell, hurting anyone or abducting anyone or landing or anything like this. This is just a simple how howdy, how do you do type of thing. But, yeah. What's the
0: typical duration or the average duration uh, on the scene where a UFO stays? And has there ever been a case where a UFO has stayed for the entire movie?
2: Uh, Typical duration would be about 20 minutes, I would say. You know, five minutes. off. Uh, There's a few where it just zips down, hovers over theater, and takes off. I mean, but sometimes close enough to hit the darn ground. But, most most i would say about 20 minutes there were a few cases where people saw them approaching and it came swooping down and then it went right back up and they could still see it It it's a star-like object high in the sky for the entire duration of the movie so maybe you know one person or a couple of people actually asked me do you think you know could be these teenage aliens out on a (laughs) (laughs) joyride?" and you know which is kind of comical but i had to laugh and Actually, take it a little bit seriously because there's this weird type of behavior with UFOs where they chase cars down the road. They buzz airplanes, a very kind of joyriding type of behavior. They're dancing around in the sky. And uh, actually, I have some onboard cases, you know, abduction cases where people are inside the UFOs. And one guy, he tells me, Tim was his name from Louisiana, he was sure these guys were teenage aliens just from the way they were talking and learning how to fly and darting around and uh, that he was in the control room with them. So this turns up in a few cases. And I have to wonder, maybe that's what's going on here. This is just sort of a fun little night out for the ETs very much like us. Let's face it, these are humans, humanoids. These are people very much like us. This is my assessment, honestly. Uh, I know people think, oh, UFOs are not extraterrestrial at all. They're demonic, they're angelic, they're time travelers, they're interdimensional. I think the evidence shows us that at least some of these, if not most, are extraterrestrials in the classic sense. People like us, just a little different. There's more similarities than differences. Their behavior falls under the same umbrella as human behavior for the most part. So maybe that's what's going on here. They're just you know, having fun. You've you've charted
0: each of the 100 cases documented in the book on a map of the United States. Uh, Anything stand out about that? Are there any clusters or the the way that they're dispersed, is that simply because of the the number of drive-in theaters, let's say, in Southern California and Texas? They seem to be sort of distributed in the Southwest and then in the, the Northeast.
2: Yeah, I was curious to map them to see if there was any patterns. And, you know, I got a map of all the driving theaters in the U.S. and then kind of overlaid the map of the encounters. And it matches pretty well. So I think it's not, I mean, there's a weird randomness and a weird pattern to it. I, I, I would say I could find only about 15, 20 states that didn't have encounters. And I'm guessing they do. They're just not reported. And what I found in terms of patterns of, you know, location was, and really time it had to do with when the sighting was seen. Starting in 1950 is when this all began, which by the way, coincides precisely with the schoolyard encounters. And it would be like one or two really high quality encounters every year. It was more than that in the early 50s because it was very active in the 50s. But following that, it would be like they'd pick one theater and then hop over to another nearby and then zip across the U.S. next year and put one there, sometimes two on one night. But that was pretty rare. But this sort of weird, like they'll do do three over a period of two weeks and then one every six months. And then it's a strange sort of random timing pattern. I think it's, again, sort of a publicity campaign, sort of like a book tour. You know what I mean? Right, right. Seriously, I mean, that's, I think, what their agenda is, is sort of to announce their presence. And it's a very effective way. If you look at, you know, the fact that there's 200 people per theater with 100 theaters, you know, what, 20,000 people times that by 10? Because, you know, most people, one in 10 report their sightings. We've got 200,000 people now who've seen UFOs at drive-in theaters.
0: Maybe I just thought of perhaps uh, the the subject for your next book, and that would be UFOs at sporting events. I mean, why settle for three, four hundred people when you can have fifty thousand or even a hundred thousand at a college football game?
2: Yeah, and I looked into that, and I was couldn't find it. <laughs> so this is a very curious thing, and that's what makes I think these cases unique. The closest I could find was schoolyard encounters, which show themselves off to children primarily elementary school 50% groups of about 50 to 100 people this is more than twice that and mostly adults and i couldn't find 100 sporting events i found a handful of you know concerts or public you know sporting events there are some for sure but not nearly in the number i was hoping for so i think this is unique and for whatever reason the ets are doing it This way, they have a captive audience, uh, but so do the sporting events, that's no different. But what is different is those are much larger. So perhaps they decided to be kind of careful and surreptitious and sort of slide under the radar. Was very clever of what they did with schoolyard encounters, because showing themselves to kids, well, kids should, you know, seen and not heard type of adage, they're not taken as seriously as adults. And drive-in theaters, I don't know. I don't know how these slid under the radar for so long. They were definitely got into the local news, but that's where it really stopped. They didn't make it into the whole literature, by and large.
0: Will you be heading to the drive-in anytime soon, Preston?
2: <laughs> oh, I miss them. I used to do that a lot when we were kids. I mean, we had six kids in our family, so it was great. <laughs> Maybe a few of us hid in the trunk. <laughs> to, been there, done that. Yes, that's just
0: <laughs> one of those rites of passage. You have to sneak into the drive-in in the trunk. Uh, I mean, I mentioned earlier, there aren't many drive-in theaters around. They're, they're starting to make a comeback a little bit, but um, are, so are there any more recent sightings?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it did slow down dramatically. The 50s and the 60s was the pre-show. The 60s and 70s, that's when it ramped up, and, and it was just amazing. Drive-in theaters pretty much closed down in the 80s because of VCRs and, you know, things like this, technology. Uh, but there are modern cases, absolutely. I found not nearly as many. There was a recent case in Tuscosa, Texas in 2015. A radio DJ and her family were at the theater, the Tuscosa Drive-in Theater, and uh, saw these red objects starting up and then swooping down. She pulled out her... Uh, Cell phone camera, tried to take a picture, and I was unable to. Uh, I found another recent case in 2017 in Fish Creek, Wisconsin. It's not super dramatic. This object came from the horizon, and as soon as it approached the theater, that's when it stops and does a right-hand turn. So again, you've got that weird sort of showing-off maneuver over a theater. Uh, Not a lot of great modern cases, uh, but I'm sure it's going to continue because it, this is the pattern we're seeing.
0: Well, it's a terrific read. It's a lot of fun. And uh, so, what's next? I mean, you're you're covering so much territory: underwater UFOs, and now uh, schoolyard UFOs, and now and now drive-in theaters. What's next, uh, Preston?
2: Uh, I have a few surprises coming up for sure. Um, I've got a book I'm working on right now, very much like Onboard UFO Encounters, uh, which covers very extensive cases and working on another uh, book in the series, Not From Here, which is more about the unusual types of cases, the bizarre ones, the ones with weird patterns. And I've got some good surprises in there, which I think people are going to be shocked by, I hope. And uh, yeah, I'm keeping busy. Uh, There's lots going on in this field. It's ever-changing. It's busting out into the mainstream right now. So it's a good time for UFO research.
0: Well, I can't wait uh, for your next offering, Preston. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: Hey, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll come back in a few moments and share a few details about an upcoming episode. C60 Evo's Miracle Molecule ESS60 makes a great gift for your friends, family, and their pets. Why not give the gift of radiant health to everyone on your list? ESS60 from C60 Evo is the purest form of C60. Take ESS60 for increased strength, flexibility, immunity, and better sleep. You know, the mighty Aphrodite and I have been taking it for a year now. A tablespoon full every morning, and we've never felt better, never slept, better no aches no pains we're mentally focused and sharp is it any wonder this antiviral antibacterial anti-inflammatory and super antioxidant is 172 times more powerful than vitamin C you heard me right 172 times more powerful than vitamin C to order your bottle of ESS60 from C60 Evo go to the episode notes for this podcast or click on the banner ad for C60 Evo at the bottom of my website And now, until the end of the year, you can take 15% off your order with the coupon code JOLLY15RS. JOLLY15RS, that's JOLLY15RS. The coupon's not valid for cases or subscriptions and cannot be used with any other coupon code. Valid through December 31st, 2020. Again, to order your miracle molecule in a bottle, go to the episode notes for this podcast or go to my website, strangeplanet.ca. Scroll down to the bottom and click on the C60 Evo banner. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA and is not intended to cure, treat, or diagnose. If you have a medical concern, please contact your healthcare provider. Coming up next time, Black holes, dark energy, dark matter, entanglement theory, quantum physics. Modern science estimates dark energy permeates roughly 68% of the universe. Dark matter makes up another 27%, leaving the normal matter visible to humans at less than 5%. What does the universe hold and hide? Where do we come from and where are we headed? And can science explain psychic and supernatural phenomena? Join me in conversation with Jim Willis, author of Supernatural Gods, Spiritual Mysteries, Psychic Experiences, and Scientific Truth. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now.
1: A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now.